This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of January 29th, 2022. You got my Coke in your cores. Drunk Baja Blasts, coming to a Taco Bell near you. Molecular beverage printing. I guess that's a thing now. Wine losing to spirits. Good. All that and more on Have a Drink News. This is, oh, <laughs> welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's get right into the news. All right, so the first one, everyone has to open it just to see that it is just the exact branding copied over. Coca-Cola just announced its latest foray into alcoholic beverages, Simply Spiked Lemonade, and yes, Simply Lemonade, and it's just the Simply logo and branding. And it just says spiked. Simply lemonade. Da, 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 da. Lemon and all the AIDS. Oh, that sounds bad. Sorry. <laughs> and then we stop. <laughs> this will be the third in the company's expanding line of RTD cocktails. Uh, ready to drink. Simply spiked will be created as a partnership between Molson Coors and Coke as an alcoholic version of Simply Fruit Juice. The starting flavors will include strawberry lemonade, watermelon lemonade, blueberry lemonade, and original lemonade. Alcohol. I'm shocked. Shocked those are the flavors we're starting with for a <laughs> for a spiked drink. The devil, you say. Mike's would like to have a word with them. <laughs> uh, the alcohol used in the hard seltzers will be derived from fermented cane sugar, or from sugar cane. My bad. <laughs> I'd like I to mean... be from a fermented cane sugar. In an interview with CNN, Molson's chief marketing officer, Michelle St. Saint... St. Jacques. Yeah. Said that Simply is Coke's second biggest brand in the U.S. with over a billion dollars in revenue annually. Coke also stated that Simply had a solid performance last year despite its entire juice, dairy, and plant-based beverage portfolio declining 9% in 2021. How did this pinky end up at my mouth all of a sudden? I just... I feel like I heard something like a balanced point or something. And yeah, uh, just in this past month, Coke has revealed several different new entrants into beverage alcohol. On January fourth, Molson Coors released an expansion <laughs> to their lineup of Topo Chico hard seltzers with ranch water inspired oh, seltzers. Well, hold on, hold on. I we may have discussed this, but ranch water like yes. water from the ranch or like diluted ranch dressing. It's uh, it's a name of a. Yes. <laughs> it's a name of a thing. Like it's neither. Oh. Mm. oh. What? Because because diluted ranch dressing. I'm like, I mean, maybe if I'm eating pizza, but. <laughs> that's just the Eastern Kentucky in you. Yeah, that's fair. That's that is that is probably the most Kentucky thing about me. I feel. <laughs> but also, uh, soon after that uh, ranch water announcement uh, on January sixth. <laughs> oh. Coke announced it was partnering with Constellation Brands to produce Fresca Mixed, a series of RTD alcoholic cocktails using Fresca as a mixer. If if only my mother drank, she would corner that market. 
But Coke is not the only soft drink producer, adding alcoholic beverages to their portfolio. In late 2021, PepsiCo announced its partnership with Boston Beer to produce Hard Mountain Dew. <laughs> and in January... <laughs> okay, hold on. Everyone familiar with, the, with, with where Mountain Dew comes from, like the name, not oh, yeah. the product. That's what makes it funny, but I always, yeah. Like Mountain Dew is a name for 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 uh uh moonshine. Moonshine. Thank you. I, like my brain went white lightning. No, the other word for that. Uh, and <laughs> sorry, it's hard Mountain Dew. Certain parts of the state, certain parts of the country, you'd look at it and go, yeah, that's the only kind we have. <laughs> <laughs> but also in January of 2022, Monster Energy purchased Canarchy, a craft brewing collective. Bring in uh, your tinfitty uh, 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 with uh, taurine and lime, right? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> you will kill me if that comes to pass. I will, and we'll have to <laughs> chug it. So uh, the Simply Spiked Lemonade will be sold in a variety of packs of 12 slim cans as well as 24-ounce standalone cans. The beverage is a 5% ABV. Prices have not yet been disclosed. It's coming out this summer. And honestly, like the blueberry lemonade or something, uh, like a stop and picture me by a pool, which just wouldn't happen. But I'm like, <laughs> I, could, I could see it being hot out and me being there shirtless and whatever, you know, Brandy, contain yourself. Acceptable, and I would be like, I need to stifle these these vapors. <laughs> hand me the oh. hand me the alcoholic blueberry lemonade. So, I mean, strawberry. Fair, blueberry lemonade. Actually, okay, most things with lemonade, good good stuff. Strawberry lemonade, I feel, is a very very popular yeah. style drink. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I see that blueberry lemonade. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad bet, but also. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the state of everything right now, isn't it? I'm, but why? <laughs> well, well, I believe we had a speak of the devil moment talking about hard but, Mountain Dew. But, but why is Taco Bell's Baja Blast the latest hard Mountain Dew flavor at five percent ABV? Like this, is the standard fridge beer. <laughs> You're. The Baja Blast. It's your standard blast. Because uh, going from Thrillist, the craze around the beloved drinks uh, into the alcohol-fused beverage is showing no signs of slowing down. Boston Beer and PepsiCo have unveiled the fourth flavor in the hard Mountain Dew lineup. That's right. We not had one, not two, not three, but four in this lineup and it is the Baja Blast. The beverage will uh, have about 5% ABV, 100 calories if you care. And I feel like if you're a Baja, ba Baja Blast enthusiast, you don't. Also, zero sugar and zero caffeine. Because if it had caffeine, <laughs> it'd be illegal. And th then you get into some really bad stuff there. <laughs> The Ba Loco. Uh, <laughs> like, it, honestly, it already kind of, like, the name goes, yeah. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, who drinks Mountain Dew for the flavor? They drink it because it's the most caffeinated, standard, soft drink you can get. That's not a monster or something else. 
Yeah. Sometimes you just want citrus and caffeine. I mean, that's honestly why I drink a lot of it. I'm like, I need a boost of caffeine, and citrus is the most acceptable way to take it for me right now. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a cover band joke there, but I'm not sure how I can get citrus into a band name. Citrus is the name of my anyway. Hard uh, Mountain Dew Baja Blast will be released. Covered band is your what? OJ's cover band. All right, fair enough. Uh, Hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast will be released in certain states as part of a variety pack, including the original black cherry and watermelon flavors, starting in February. Uh, the reveal uh, of this fourth flavor was first teased uh, during the original announcement of the spiked version. Uh, given the fan following, it's not too surprising the Baja Blast is the fourth flavor of the hard Mountain Dew lineup. I, The abbreviated Mountain in that is throwing me every time I read this. MTN. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. We have no time for vowels except in Dew. But if they, if they didn't put the N in there, you'd say Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, I remember it gets, when I cl- it gets pretty Lord of the Ringsy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I climbed Mount Dew. It's, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Only one place it can. It must be cast back into the chasms of Mount Dew. Mount Dew. <laughs> and Hill Sildor looks back and goes, No. Uh, in the 18 years following its initial release, the popular drinks fan base has made their own Baja Blast merchandise, created a uh, uh, 22,000 plus Reddit community, and even a trade collector's items. Uh, yeah, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram, but you know that's for their stuff. I don't. We're not here to point content towards them, but Baja Blast, it. Just blue Mountain Dew, isn't it? Uh, uh it well, it's like a, it's still green. It's uh, like it's, a margarita. Uh, it's like blue green, right? Yes. It's like it's a margarita. It's 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 a mountain Rita. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> mountain Rita is my mother's cover band. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much where it where it lies. Uh, what if we wanted to make? More of this Mountain Rita, Brittany. Well, uh, yeah, we're, uh, I think this like takes 3D printers to a different level. Uh, this is the world's first molecular beverage printer. So, what, so this is... what's, what's, what's terrifying is the printer they have in this, in the image of this thing is the printer, it is almost exactly the printer from work. That's the one everyone, ha- like, the, is, the old sc- Is this like, essentially the replicator is that i yeah uh hmm. so yeah can you walk up to it and ask for a tea hot earl gray earl gray earl gray tea hot what kind of earl gray are you ordering otherwise if it's not tea picard mm-hmm. earl gray tea frigid uh, so yeah, if you thought beverage companies releasing NFTs was the extent of beverages of the future, then hold on to your hat. <laughs> uh, beverages of the future. Uh, after four years of working on the prototype, 
Canna, I don't know if it's Canna or Canna, but Canna Technology has secured funding to bring their molecular beverage printer to market following a $30 million investment from the Venture Foundry, the production board. The production board. That sounds like a theater company for some reason. Um, TBD. <laughs> uh, sorry, TPP. Yeah. To be pissed. Wait. <laughs> Both Canna and TBP are emphasizing the environmental benefits of the printer, reporting how it will solve many of the drawbacks of the beverage industry, including relying on industrialized agriculture, water and material waste, and excessive transportation. Um, but, but how? So, th 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 this is not a question of, like, how do they do it, but, like, a question of how does it reduce? Don't you need that stuff from somewhere? I I'm, That's a, what we'll learn, I guess, hopefully. Uh, so they, they did say it's not another pod machine, like a, a, a Keurig of, of, you know, brewing. Um, we already have that. Yeah. Any beverage, any time, greater convenience, and most importantly, dramatically less environmental impact. Um, and then Canna's TB, TBP's president and COO uh, said Canna's drink printer feels like the Netflix of beverage experiences. Oh, One man, that's someone who does not understand what he's making. Yeah. Uh, the goal of the printer is to synthesize drinks based on the fact that nearly every beverage is almost entirely water. Cartridges filled with flavor compounds would be inserted into the toaster-sized machine and oh. be dispersed into water using a, quote, novel microfluidic liquid dispense technology. So this is soda stream with alcohol. It sounds like yes. Um, but it says it can make nearly an infinite amount of drinks. Hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, so it's like, I feel like that's, that's their, their goal. I don't think that's what it does. I need to know that that, I need to know the number. When they sold this to investors, yeah. that was how it was pitched. This is the pitch. Yes. <laughs> uh, it says there's a quote. We know we can print an infinite number of beverages from a few core flavor compounds. We know we can do this across many existing beverage categories, Juice, soda, hard seltzer, cocktails, wine, tea, coffee, and beer. Uh, consumer taste testing panels score our printed beverages at the same or better taste levels as commercially available alternatives. Why do they call it printed? This is that's just pissing me off. <laughs> this is that's just how a, you make this stuff. It it prints. This thing is just a it's just a a scaled down freestyle machine. That's all I'm just picturing a I'm picturing a docs uh, a dot matrix printer that's that's giving me giving me alcohol. Yeah. I that's uh, to be fair though like I do want to know what this sounds like when, when it's doing things. Uh, yeah, so, you gotta you gotta you gotta tear off the the, the side edges like with the rings on your beer though. Uh, yeah, annoying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the uh, the hardware designs will print beverages quickly and accurately, and the pricing and the footprint of our hardware can yield significant savings and advantages for most households. While their taste panels may have given them a boost of confidence, Canna would still need to win the support of consumers. Historically, cocktail-making machines have not taken off. Uh, just last month, Keurig and Anheuser-Busch's collaboration Drinkworks folded and stopped operations. The price do of you the remember, model will come out. Do you remember Drinkworks? Because I don't. <laughs> we, we did a story about it. I do did. not remember it still. <laughs> um, but yeah, so next month, February, it, it, a price will come out and alongside an estimate for when it will hit the market. Okay. I'm going to, let, let's go ahead and place our bets. 
Who's betting this never actually hits market? Mm. I. <laughs> yeah. Who's betting? I think it has. I think it has uh, twelve months before they they give up. You'll give it that long, because I would say if it does hit market, it won't make it to twenty twenty three. Why is it that there's no picture of this device? That's <laughs> because it's not actually going to hit market, and I just had to make a. It's never. There is no. It's. It's that you know the meme that's running around right now with the whole um, if you know what this is then I respect you thing and it just shows the back of what a soda fountain looks like the box is a <laughs> oh, syrup yeah because that's all it is it's just like oh here's the dispenser thing look how small and sleek and sexy it is let's and show all the hoses running to the mess of garbage syrup and everything in the back let me tell you there is not an infinite amount of drink in syrup containers. I've had to empty enough of those myself over the years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So that's, uh, it's just, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, we'll see. It's bad. Hopefully, it's ba- we'll see what happens if something does get announced next month, and we can definitely share that on the show. You know, uh, what we can share on the show is that uh, wine shares are losing ground to spirits among young drinkers. The fear that they've always had of the industry. The relationship between millennials and wine has been a hot-button topic for years, with craft beer, hard seltzer, distilled uh, spirits vying for market share. The Silicon Valley uh, Bank recently published a uh, 2022 State of Wine Industry report that shows the scale of issue uh, scale of the issue using industry-wide survey uh, surveys and data. A source from reputable organizations such as the Wine Institute. In 2021, Americans did not consume more wine than the previous years, despite being trapped inside for a long time. Uh, instead, wine's market share decreased with overall declines for on- and off-premise sales. Wine's wholesale also decreased, with wine sp- uh, with, while spirit sales grew compared to 2020's total. The data points to contrasting picture to the comeback many had hoped and predicted – for 2021, uh, with report author Rob Micklin uh, reporting some of the blame to the competitive on-premise market. Restaurants weren't really interested in wine as spirits, reinforcing that uh, what consumers are saying, said McMillan. The wine lists have become a beverage page. You have to uh, you have to share uh, share it with beer, cocktails, and even uh, and even spiked seltzers. In the report, Macmillan notes only 20% of millennials aged 25 to 40 consume wine, while 30% of uh, 30% of millennials are consuming luxury goods. Uh, according to the report, uh, the transition from millennials tracking over wine consumption from baby boomers has been delayed by a number of factors, including including quote millennials' early preference for craft beer and spirits. Uh, questions surrounding the health of alcohol consumption and the fact it takes longer to establish careers, families, and wealth than it did for previous generations, end quote. But this is not the final call in the wine industry, and many professionals believe they can lure millennial drinkers. They just need a good slogan. I'm certain some advertising firm told them that. <laughs> yeah. Uh Along with the wine industry, uh, with other wine industry executives and analysts, uh, Danny Brager, beverage alcohol consulting, and uh, M.G. Dale, consumer vineyard, and Dale Stratton, 
from Wine Market Council. McMillan formed the Wine Research and Market Project, uh, Wine Ramp. That's a bad name. Wine Ramp will be applying for uh, USDA National Research and Promotion Order, which are national national marketing campaigns known for their iconic slogans with both government and industry backing, most famous being the God Milk campaign. The campaign cost over a million dollars to apply for, but it has already – $650,000 has been secured from industry members and supporters – and as Vine Press says, so millennials got wine. No, because wine is because wine is bad, and you should feel bad. I mean, we found it a should, couple that we were okay no. with. Yeah, that's true. What's that? We found a couple we're okay with. Yeah, but as a whole, it's bad, and it should feel bad. It knows what it did. Well, speaking, speaking of what it did, uh. I don't know. Uh, I got nothing for that. Yeah, airborne wine. All right. Um, <laughs> New Zealand-based winery Invivo is launching the world's first winery airline. Hmm. So uh, hot on the heels of BrewDog launching uh, <laughs> the first beer airline, which is not the case with any of these, I'm sure. According to Travel Awaits, during a time when some airlines are just bringing back in-flight alcoholic beverages – and others are continuing to ban it altogether. In Vivo Air is offering business class in every glass. It claims to be like other airlines, only with better wine. <laughs> That's those are their taglines. Which is a very wine related thing. <laughs> so the initial flight will take place in early 2022 aboard a 34 seat Saab plane. Traveling on a two-hour journey about 620 miles from Auckland to Queenstown. In addition, like it's not even enough time to get like to a cruising altitude. That's like yeah. up and back down. There's usually on that short of a flight, you don't even get a beverage service. So, in addition to the flight itself, passengers will be able to enjoy 24 hours worth of experiences in Queenstown, including a trip to the Central Otago Vineyards. Home of Invivo's Pinot Noir grapes and an overnight stay at the Hilton Queenstown Resort and Spa. Hmm. Well, Invivo, and this is exactly like the Brewdog thing. Only mm. Brewdogs at least crossed the Atlantic, so you were like, <laughs> on, you had a there and back flight, and each one was like seven hours, so you had good time to get tanked. And this mm-hmm. is like we're going from New Zealand to New Zealand. The, yeah, the brew dog one, it's like, you got time to get a good drunk going, nap it off, and be up and ready when the plane lands. <laughs> uh, while Invivo Air is not ruling out future flights to other destinations, so far none have been scheduled. The company is currently seeking additional passengers to fill the introductory flight, so no one's even nope. signing up for this. Uh, not not me. Only two hours. That's ridiculous. It's two hours. I'd have to also have to fly all the way to Australia. Uh, Auckland's domestic borders reopened on December 15th, 2021. After, yeah, we all know why. Uh, It's been a tough period of time, particularly for our bars, restaurant customers in both North and South Island, heavily reliant on local tourism, said uh, Lightborn, co-founder of Invivo, in a statement. 
Running a flight to the South Island is a way that we can show the public the country is open again for domestic tourism and at the same time support some of those who have had a particularly tough time. It's just, yeah, it's just the wine version of the BrewDog flights. It, it is, although it being closest to, closest to, close, close-ish to New Zealand, there's the words I'm trying to say. Uh, it makes me go like, oh, is your tourism's down? Is there not enough Lord of the Rings tours going on? I mean, I want to say everyone's tourism is down, but also like New Zealand is, are, is it New Zealand or Australia that's known for like it, not a lot of cases, if any? New Zealand. Okay. New Zealand. Uh, yeah. New Zealand, they were done with it and reopened like within just a few months. <laughs> they were just like, nope, we're done. Everything's opened. We're back up. And they're like, you all can stay the F out, <laughs> but we're going to continue as normal. <laughs> we function. We don't want to see any of you all. I don't blame them. Speaking of uh, not wanting to see it, uh, <laughs> yeah. Brittany, what's, what's next up on the list? I'm going to go ahead and say the Irish attempted this. Oh, probably. Many moons ago. <laughs> no. I will say this. The Irish will not let this happen. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Why so, let something like this go to waste? Go ahead, Brittany. Uh, yeah. So the, the title's also great. It kind of works with it. Uh, it says, brace yourself. Potato milk is coming. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> Modern food technology has taught us that you can make milk out of pretty much anything. Pistachios, pecans, peas, and now potatoes. Is there a difference between pecan milk and pecan milk? Is one sweeter, perhaps? A a regionality, I believe. Made from pie. (laughs) Okay, pecan pie milk, though. I'm (laughs) like just a shake, you know. Uh, The the latest plant-based alternative milk is gaining traction in Europe, and it's only a matter of time before it makes its way over to the states, according to a food and drink report released by British supermarket chain. Waitrose. Uh, potato milk is set to be the biggest dairy-free milk trend of 2022, and the store has recently welcomed the only brand of potato milk out on the market, Doug, D-U-G, onto its shelves. No. No, I know Doug. He wouldn't be allowed in this. <laughs> he wouldn't be doing this this nonsense. Yeah. He'd look at it and go, no, I want some Moo Cow. Uh... <laughs> he wants some uh, Moo Cow Lewis Black milk. <laughs> I want I want nipples involved somehow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the potato drink developed by Professor Eva Tornberg at Lund University, launched in Sweden in 2021. That's their fault. That makes sense. Uh, Sweden was too busy asking if they could, not not enough asking if they should. Uh, it's it's got a very balanced taste because if you think about it, potatoes have a really neutral taste profile. Says uh, the marketing manager for this company. Um, I feel I feel personally attacked by that. Is it just that they like was the extent of this research? Someone blanched potatoes and then looked at the <laughs> leftover water and said, "Looks kind of like milk." <laughs> I mean, I feel like, like that's what they did. They just went, it "Oh, let's just let's just leave some leftover potato water and call it milk." <laughs> yeah. Uh, the quote says that this is one of um, this brand's major strengths compared to other milk alternatives, which all have quite a distinctive taste that can affect whatever they're mixed with. Um, so they're saying like this is more, which is true because like almond milk is 
very almondy. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, potato milk, highly nutritious. It's low in sugar and saturated fat. It's free from 14 of the most common Wait, allergens. Don't we not want saturated fats? I don't know anymore. It says it's low in sugar and saturated fat. Oh, low in saturated fat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so common allergens like uh, lactose, soy, gluten, nuts. Uh, it makes it ideal for anybody who has an intolerance for those things. Uh, it's also fortified with calcium, vitamin D, B12, riboflavin, and happens to be the only plant-based alternative fortified with folic acid, a vitamin that helps your body produce and maintain new cells. You know what? This just this did just make me think of uh, knowing someone who is both lactose intolerant and had a nut allergy. You have oh, to imagine yeah. them going to like try to find milk. Like, man, damn it! I just. I just want cookies, and I need something to to add into my mix. It's like I haven't had a brownie in eight years. <laughs> well, I mean, if you wanted a brownie, you should have had a body that could handle lactose. Yeah. Uh, but it says uh, perhaps the greatest selling point is the drink's sustainability component, which is this is the theme for today, I think. Uh, its climate footprint is 75% lower than cow's milk. Isn't everything how well okay never mind cows like everything about cow stuff is is like too too many years. cows make too many problems i get that yeah it's fair one cow apparently makes too many problems uh, yeah they're the like least efficient they're just know, energy horrible. producing cows are mammals. horrible people yeah it's their um, own fault. We did this to them. We did. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. And we're, if, we're horrible it people. It wouldn't be a problem if they weren't so damn delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, so it does say, like, compared to other plant-based milk sources, also, uh, the potatoes are twice as land efficient as growing oats and then use 56 times less water than almonds. That's, That's right. A Suck at almonds. Yeah. Uh, you can only find potato milk across the pond right now, but its arrival in the U.S. might come sooner than you think. Um, we see similar trends in the U.S. as we see in the U.K. and Europe, and we have already seen demand for it from U.S.-based consumers and businesses alike. At the moment, the focus lies very much in making the U.K. launch a huge success, but we certainly see the U.S. as being a key strategic market in the future. Yeah, I think that checks out. Like, that's definitely going to be a thing that happens. Um, I mean, they make milk from, uh, quote unquote, milk, but from peas and all that. And I don't know. I'd still no be willing to pee. try the potato milk, like whatever. No one should make pee from urine. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, uh, <laughs> we'd like to remind everyone that this is our news only show, but we also do a weekly long form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support Have a Drink, please go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. And we will see you again in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>